All right, ladies, welcome officially to the Lively Charleston podcast. I am really excited to have you all on. This is the first time we've done uh, three people in one episode. So this is a, this is a new experience here uh, for me as well. But thank you for carving out a little time from your busy schedules to come hang out with us a little bit. Thank you for having us. So why don't we kick it off here? Let's start with, we're going to get into, um, you guys have a really cool production company that you've uh, recently launched. We're going to talk all about that, how that came about, where you're moving, uh, some big cool events that you guys have coming up. We give you an opportunity to share all that stuff, but we always like to kick it off just kind of with, let's start with where you grew up. You can take it as far back as where you were born or just a little, little bit about your childhood and kind of what led you here to Charleston. So who wants to start? Cool. Here's Aggie. Start. All right, kick us off. <laughs> well, um, so my name is Aggie. Um, I am from Buenos Aires, Argentina. I was born, raised, and colleged, everything. I just, uh, I moved to the U.S., Officially, when I was 25, I kind of like transitioned into the U.S. when I was 21 while I was in college. Um, I spent a lot of time in the city, but at the same time, my family uh, was in the farming industry. So I got to be able to spend a lot of time in nature, which like was awesome. I just spent a lot of time riding horses and chasing cows and trying to pet all the sheep and jumping through silos. And I don't know, just like running around cornfields. Um, so that pretty much kind of like gave me, uh, like my first sense of like nature and like how much I love just being around, um, other beings rather than just humans. I mean, like I had that contrast between a 10 million people city, which is Buenos Aires and it's just like hectic and everything's fast and just everything happening all at once. And then I would go to the farm and it would be like, huh, pretty butterflies and yeah. flowers. Um, you said 10 million in Buenos Aires. I mean, like it's. Three, it's like New York where like in the city itself wow. is like three, five million people live it, living in it. And then um, in the surrounding and everything, there's like a, around like 10 million. Oh, that's huge. Yeah. And like people come, I don't know how what the exact number is of people that come into Buenos Aires to work daily. Like it makes it so that there are like 10 million people in there, like Monday through Friday. Feels that way, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's pretty insane. And then it kind of like, it's a metropolis, so like it kept kept expanding to, yep. towards the next yep. city and towards the next city. So it's just a pretty massive human anthill. So um, be, being from Buenos Aires, naturally, you're a huge Cristiano, Cristiano Ronaldo fan, right? That's your favorite player? That is Brazilian. Thanks, Jeremy. Can we pick up on Messi all the way, right? Messi, of yeah, course. Messi, Maradona. I mean, like, there's. I'm not a huge fan of soccer, per se, but... I was like told like you love soccer. I was like sure, whatever. Sure, okay, okay. Well, I do love the World Cup. Like the World Cup has always been just like woo. Let's me go. too. I love watching that. Yeah, love the that's that's kind of the only soccer event I get. Yeah, pretty excited yeah. about Same. personally. <laughs> yeah, how about you? Um, I grew up in Newark, New Jersey, essentially mostly New Jersey, but I was born in Brazil in São Paulo, which I don't really have a lot of recollection of and you know how that was other than going to visit you know when I was in my 20s but growing up in New Jersey was very like urban setting you know lots of same thing movement right outside of New York City you know like had all of that going on so I was always a city girl you know yep, always yep. like to be surrounded by people um, I've had experiences where I would go up to my uncle's farm in New York and like have time with the sheep and the cows, but like wasn't a huge fan. I'm more of a city person for sure. Okay. Um, but yeah, growing up there, I also grew up very 
religious as well as my family and um, was always very into school. Like I was very nerdy, loved going to school, loved like learning all the time, but I also really liked hanging out with my friends and going out and being a rebel and doing bad things and like getting in trouble and stuff. But um, you, like yeah. the, you were the kid that could like skip school but still get straight A's? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really like, I loved school. I really did. But, you know, I liked having fun too. So I was always yeah. so jealous of kids that could do that. I feel like I had to study so hard, <laughs> get good grades. Like I couldn't, I couldn't just show up and get them, you know? Mm-hmm. But I was always jealous of kids that could get away with like having fun and also, you know, still being successful mm-hmm. in that. I feel like if you're really interested, like in school and you're really like listening while you're there, it's kind of, you can pick up the pieces, you know? But, just pay attention. Mm-hmm. Right? Maybe that's why, because I was sleeping probably through yeah. half of my classes. Awesome. Okay, so born in Brazil, uh, moved to Jersey when you're when you're little, a baby. Pretty right? much like one, yeah. Okay. So Jersey's mm-hmm. more or less home. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, and then moved to the big city, Charleston. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Awesome. And big how, old city. How long have you been in Charleston? Uh, just about a year. A okay. Little over a year. And then Aggie, how long have you been here? Um, officially October 2019. So it's been a couple years, three years now. Okay. All right. You went straight from Argentina to here? No. So I did four winter seasons in Aspen, Colorado. I, when I was in college, I was like, I want to be a snowboard instructor. (laughs) That's miles stomping. I was from Denver. Yeah. Oh, you're from Denver. We just went there. We were there in August. We love Love, it there. Love Denver. So cool. We ate so many donuts. Um, But yeah, I started going to Aspen, Colorado while I was in college, like during uh, my summer vacations and the winters here. Okay. And uh, while I was in Aspen, I met the people who then kind of like recruited me to work for a beverage company called Guayaki Yerba Mate. So I worked for them for a while, which is like an Argentinian drink. Okay. That's uh, based in California, but like half Argentinian. And I got to just like... Where can you buy that? Uh, Whole Foods, Trader Joe's. There's like pretty much in every like corner. Like that's the yellow can. Uh huh. I've seen it. Organic. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's yeah. It's a beautiful company. I loved working for them. I learned so much about regeneration and like gathering and community and like everything that they do. I just like fell in love so much with their culture. It was oh, like great. awesome. Yeah, and they got me to move around the U.S. I've been like 36 different states in Canada and like I went to Uruguay and Argentina with them just did all sorts of like different experiences it was like very 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 cool like that's a awesome a lot of a lot of experiences which was awesome yeah very cool yeah Jing let's talk about where how you got to where you're born where you're raised and then how you got to Charleston um I was born in Suzhou China and I grew up there um all the way to college and then I was in a college that had a program that is one year in China, two years in the U.S., and one year in China again. And you get degrees from both universities. Oh, wow. And I did that with the Alabama. So my first America experience was in Alabama. Ala- like University, Roll Tide, no, Alabama? No, Troy. Oh, okay, Troy. gotcha. Mm-hmm. And um, so I finished my undergraduate school, and I decided to go to graduate school, and then... I went to Troy again for that, so I had an MBA degree. And at, by the time that I left Alabama, I was there for seven years in total, I think. Okay, all right. And I moved to Atlanta. So finally, um, somewhere that's close, closer to the environment that I grew up from. So Suzhou is a urban uh, setting as well. I didn't have much experience with nature when I was a kid. I started to have experience with, like, in the nature and have an interest to be in the nature, starting from 
2018-ish when I met my boyfriend now because he's a big nature person. I went my first camping experience with him like three three nights, three nights, and really? I never camped before. So okay. What did you think? How'd it go? It was really cool. It yeah. was, and he was impressed because I he said I, I had no idea you can do this because we were like climbing down a, a route that's not an officially a trail it's just rock climbing down and we were hitchhiking and everything and then i learned so much he had to put um, food bags up in the tree for bears it's just like things i've never done before all right <laughs> yeah all right so were, were you a little hesitant going into it no or you're excited you're ready for an adventure yes i was already i i'm always um welcoming new experience whatever it is awesome very mm -hmm. nice okay so um, grew up in Suzhou, Suzhou, China, mm -hmm. which is right next to Shanghai. It's like oh, 20 okay. minutes from Shanghai. Okay. By train. Uh, moved to Alabama once you were in grown up. I was, I was in nine, I was 19. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then moved to Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And then how'd you find your way to Charleston? Um, so I met my boyfriend and then also at the time I was ready to change a company. So I started looking around and I was like, uh, since he was already in Charleston, so I started looking in Charleston. And then I found a job, so I moved here. All right. Very yeah. nice. Mm -hmm. Does everyone speak more than one language? Am yep. I the only one that doesn't? Yep. <laughs> you speak Portuguese? I speak Portuguese, Portuguese, Spanish, and English. I mean, I did take Spanish, and I, I should say, you know, I took two years of Spanish. So. Yeah, we all did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's not really that special, I guess. Um, okay. Zing speaks Japanese and Chinese. Speak Japanese and Chinese? I'm learning Japanese. Those, I feel like those have to be the hardest ones. I mean, Chinese is hard, and Japanese is, um, is, is very different from Chinese, too. It's just the writing is similar. So really? it's, it makes it easier for me to read, but everything else I still have to pretty much learn from scratch. Oh, man, that, it looks hard. It just <laughs> yeah. I, have, uh, I have some buddies who have to learn different languages for work and, and things of that nature, and uh, it's tough. I, it's tough just to learn a new language. Like You have to immerse yourself in it, mm -hmm. I feel yeah. like, to, to get it. I guess... That's probably how you uh, learned English so well, I imagine. Yeah. Just hang around with people that speak it and mm -hmm. keep practicing. I was very, very privileged that I had a like, bilingual education since I was like two years old. So I was like going to school where we had 12 hours a week of English, uh, like straight up, just like you cannot speak in Spanish, period. Oh, that's and the way then, to learn it. Yeah. And then when I started coming to Aspen, it was like four months out of the time, like, okay, here we go. How do you say picture <laughs> like yeah yeah, yeah. words like that and even now i always have like every six months i have something that i'm learning like right now i'm trying to differentiate between live and leave <laughs> that's oh. been like my biggest thing and like last year i was trying to understand the difference between this and these like, it's like eyes. Pilo. Yeah. 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 Pilo. yeah the little thing these little the nuances right yeah. <laughs> yeah that's all right most, most americans can't even spell you know they're there and they're correctly or use those so no <laughs> <laughs> one would worry about it <laughs> okay yeah. um so i really interesting so what you wanted to be i'm gonna i'm gonna list these off and then i want to i'm curious to hear what this was so um steph you wanted to be an actress when you grew up <laughs> um gene you wanted to be a model and aggie you wanted to be an industrial designer yeah is that right uh-huh so uh yeah what's tell me the quick story on you wanted to be a model what, who inspired you i was literally four years old and <laughs> my dad asked me what do you want to be when you grow up i was like a model <laughs> and i didn't even know what it involves it's just like oh they're tall and beautiful and they wear nice clothes so i wanted to be a model that's pretty awesome that's the first um 
from my memory what I remembered what I wanted to be. It has changed since then. Of course, yeah. Typically when we're four, <laughs> <laughs> things evolve from there. Uh, awesome. Okay, so you want to be a model. Um, Aggie, you want to be an industrial designer. What did, I don't even know what that is. I mean, like, be honest. I decided I wanted to be an industrial designer in high school once I understood what industrial design was. But, yeah. Um, like, yeah, when I was a kid, like, I wanted to be a singer. I wanted to be a nun for a little bit. Uh, <laughs> there was like a moment there in like fourth grade where I was like, I'm going to devote my life to Jesus. Um, and then there was a moment where I was, I wanted to be an, an architect and uh, I really liked art. I was always just immersed in like painting and illustrating and like drawing and dancing and singing. I just like, re I was very drawn to art. Um, I come from like a very kind of conservative religious family uh, background so they were like well you can't be an artist like you're gonna starve you have to like I remember my mom being like I'm only gonna have lawyers or doctors or engineer kids and I was just like all right and I found <laughs> that industrial design was kind of like the merge between arts and engineering in a way because sure. you're like designing products and designing like systems and stuff and I was just like okay this sounds like a great middle ground between uh, engineering and and arts, and I also loved physics and math. Like I was, a, I was a math athlete when I was in school, and I yeah. competed for like all of those like fun math athlete like competitions. So I was like, okay, I would take like two, three years of physics in college and like university yeah. while I while I learn how to sketch and. So you could make mom happy, but then still get to flex that creative muscle a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Very it was, nice. It was very, very fun. Nice. And I kind of like pursued it. I went to school for like six years in the University of Buenos Aires, which is like top three of like my favorite places in the world. I think like that's my second home for sure. That university, it's so cool. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. All right, and then Steph, so you wanted to be an actress. I did. When, when you were <laughs> like little, little, or when you, even when you kind of grew up a little bit? Um, I think more like smaller, you know, I mean, okay, so I've always wanted to be an actress. I always like said I would be and in, in high school I was in, you know, um, all of the acting classes. I went to theater club after school mm -hmm. and I just like really liked the kind of people. I'm a people person and I really like the quirkiness of people that, that are usually actors and actresses, you know, like we had a lot of fun improving and doing all this stuff. But I just knew that I was I was way too shy. Even like right now, this is a lot for me. <laughs> so I know, yeah. But the cameras are here. But you know, like I'm very camera shy, and was on in a play once and had like one line. It's just like very nerve wracking. And I realized I like to just like be around. So I do more like back of house stuff. You know, take yeah. care of everyone, make like manage things and. That's kind of where I found my middle ground, you know? Gotcha. Okay. Throw right. events and have the, like, real artists come and do their thing and feel comfortable doing that. And I can just, like, be there, support them, and still be immersed in it a little. Have you ever taken an improv class? Uh, we did them in high school back, you know, back in the, in the classroom. Way just back, like yeah. yeah, just, like, on the stage, and everyone would, you know, I can't remember fully, but I remember it just, like, being a lot of laughing and having lots of having fun. Yeah, just being so. a goofball. Yeah. There's actually one here in Charleston at uh, Theater 99. They have a, an I improv class. I looked it up. Did yeah, you? I would I, love to go. I took that class. It was <laughs> yeah. so much fun. Really? I actually took it to sharpen my sales skills, oh. which, because uh, you, you're just thinking on the fly, you have to go with the flow. Mm -hmm. If somebody says something completely yes wacky. Mentality. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. We actually incorporated that game into our team. We'll, we play the yes and game. <laughs> uh, no, you're exactly right. It's fun. It just helps you kind of. We should do that. That would be a fun fly. 
team bonding thing. You can fun. come too. It is fun. <laughs> it is fun. I, hey, tell me when. Well, at the end, you do a uh, you practice, 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 and, and then at the end, you do like a performance for friends and family, and you can invite them, and you like do a little imp- a little mini improv show. So it's pretty cool. It's pretty fun. <laughs> okay, let's transition here. You guys are up to something pretty cool here. Um, you started. Uh, well, let me let. Who's generally the spokesperson for you guys when you? Uh, Probably Aggie. Talking about Aggie. Okay, so Aggie, <laughs> tell us a little bit about uh, what y'all are up to. You guys have come together here in Charleston, created a friendship, now a business partnership, and what has that led to? So we met through the place that we were all working at at the time. So we were working at the Woodlands Nature Reserve. Um, I started working February 2021, pretty much until like July, August. Um, and then Steph came in around like also August and Jing, you came in June. No, I met you before that. Yeah, we met each other mm-hmm. before. So Jing and I have known each other since like late 2018, 2019, I think, mm-hmm. um, through friends and like our partners, my partner at the time and her boyfriend, um, and like slowly developed a relationship. My drive for regeneration and for nature and like wanting to be immersed in in projects that would like bring people together and like slowly just like bring this awareness of, of just trying to make this world a healthier place for all of us, not only humans, uh, kind of like led me to want to work at the Woodlands Nature Reserve. And um, that's where we met. Uh, and I started working in the, with like the events program there, just trying to create experiences for campers and for people who would come and spend the day. And like, we're trying to build something uh, exciting and fun and like bring bands to play out there and have workshops and have all sorts of different activities. Um, there were some things that shifted within the nature reserve and we kind of like had the opportunity to start our own thing. We were like, okay, we can't roll anymore with the company itself. So why don't we just uh, try our own thing? Like we all still want to bring people together. And like, um, I'm also a musician on the side. I'm a graphic designer and an illustrator. And, um, I thought it would be a good opportunity for us to just like do the things that we love. Um, I know that. Jing and Steph have their own things that they can talk about, all the things that motivated them to be there. Uh, so we started putting a series of events out of the Woodlands, particularly kind of like working with them at a time. And then slowly we started like thinking like, okay, what it is that, what, what it is that we want to do? Um, and we slowly got a little bit more into like the immersive art side of it instead of, uh, instead of just like the, uh, the, like the traditional show yeah. format. Yeah. Uh, so we started, we, Officially opened the LLC like in September, but we launched it in November. And, we did. Uh, what's it called? What's uh, your What's your company called? New Paradigm Productions. Yep, New and Paradigm Productions. Yeah, and we, it comes from the idea of like knowing that there is a shift happening in the world. Like everything, we all know that there's something happening, and we're trying to let go some of like very old belief systems that are very limited, limiting to many members of our society. But the reality is that we have no idea of like where it's going and like what it is that it, this new paradigm is. And um, so in, in the spirit of community and like knowing that we are building this as we go, it's like that's what new paradigm is. Like we are creating this all together and we are very open to listen to what our community wants and what our community needs. And um, the idea of new paradigm being something that is like flexible and like kind of like water kind of like adapts to the to the vessel that it's contained in, right? 
Um, so since we started, we've done all sorts of different experiences. From like we launched uh, in our in a, with a uh, house party that we invited pretty much everyone who had been supported us or like that we were friends with. We've always been very immersed in the music scene and the events scene and everything here in Charleston. So we had a beautiful just like immersive experience in this like house uh we set up a rainforest room with like all of this art and then we had like i don't know like a neon room and then we had an outdoor kind of like chandelier living room underneath like trees and bamboo like uh bamboo patches and we kind of like curated a bunch of different spaces and like try to see i really like the uh how space translates into humans and uh as an as studying industrial design, like I kind of had uh, that background of like looking at a place and seeing like, okay, what do I see from here? I have a white canvas and like I fill it up with what and then how do people interact with that? And you said a house base, so you're saying you like doing the parties at a house? Is that yeah. what you mean? We did that first house party, like it, we would, that first lunch party in a house, yeah, and uh, and it was awesome. It was like so cool because like we invited all of our friends and you could see who went where and why and like what are the groups that like kind of happen and the conversations that happen on each room were completely different than the ones that happen in different other spaces mm -hmm. and it was a beautiful house yeah it has a big backyard right next to the water by the marsh mm -hmm. yeah sounds we, awesome sounds like a great time yeah we had like all of our friends and family playing music for us like my cousin was in town he curated a like a 50 people catering for everyone uh he was just doing like a lot of argentinian different like little treats and then we had a um, little stranger do a uh like an acoustic set and paul who's lost who's a uh, jinx partner um also like he that he, was his he's uh he debuted for the first yeah he mm -hmm. put out his music for the first time that night and now this year he's already nominated for best up and coming artists at the city paper so wow, that's it's really amazing. cool it was like a that's very amazing. intimate party where he got yeah. to showcase his music and now he's you know just one year later has come so far so and dj wow. modi brain also played mm -hmm. and he also nominated yeah he's nominated for dj of the year this year so he was yeah. our he's our resident dj that always plays at our our events so, so is that part of your vision to to bring exposure to up and coming artists and give them a, an opportunity to showcase what they do so um pretty much like it says if you look on our website it says that we're in this new paradigm where like instead of m how normal companies operate, you know, they have all the money and it all trickles down and, you know, they have all their resources because they have that, those finances. And like, we are more of like a community kind of, we, where we all come together with our own resources and we pool and we can create something really awesome and create wealth for everybody, you know, from, you know, bottom. not the bottom, but where everyone's at, like on the level playing field. So that is kind of the idea. It's like building that network and that community where people want to participate and then they have a talent that they bring forward and they have, you know, light projectors that they've invested in that they want to like add to the art and, you know, like everyone collaborates together yeah, in these sorts yeah. of ways and we create these awesome events where everyone's a part of it and everyone has, you know, a piece of the pie. So it's, it's really nice. And, and that is where the name Artsilium comes from. It comes from the network uh, resembles mycelium, and it's involved with art. And gotcha. mycelium is the mushroom network underground that connects all living plants and trees, and it's like pretty much the internet of, of, of plants. Like mm -hmm. if they like call it the wood wide web. 
Yeah, <laughs> and it's, it's magical. It's like there's there's trees that can communicate with each other. It's like a mother tree, like drop seeds, and then from those seeds, new trees come up. Like that mother tree can actually sense through the mycelium net network that like one of its seedlings needs more nutrients or anything, and it can literally like just transport those nutrients to wow. its seed. And like just like the idea of artelium being that network of artists where hey i we, we want to create this uh just collaboration and this communication between each other and i think like the main thing with the events that we're doing it is exploratory like that's i think like that's the main thing like all of our events are very different and unique because they're all kind of improvised on the fly like we have this like live jam component and where Moldy Brain, uh, he facilitates it and like he invites different artists and like through Ableton just creates some sort of like live jam where all these artists come in and out of stage and just create this this music. And so it's very interesting because you never know what's going to happen, you know, like everyone is experimenting. So in this yeah. in this event in particular, we not only have like, yeah, up and coming artists in terms of like musicians, but we have a lot of up and coming artists in terms of like dancers and acro acro yoga acrobatics and uh mm -hmm. and aerialists and now um, this is all <coughs> you're referring to when you say artsilium this is the name of your your big event yes mm -hmm. coming up correct that's yep. our main that's product. our main event that's the main one guys mm -hmm. this will be an annual event it was monthly last year this year it was quarterly next year we want to do two and then we want to do one big one like we're kind of trying to so make as it the big production gets bigger 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 mm -hmm. yeah okay yep. very nice because we're just adding a lot more and a lot more we need a lot more planning a lot more you sure. know a lot more hands on deck but we are growing that community that makes that possible you know with urban arts helium that we have coming up there's a lot of people that have reached out and said hey you know i've been to Artelium and I do this. Can how can I participate in some sort of way? And it's really awesome because we, you know, financially aren't you know doing amazing. We're an up and coming business. We're like putting sure, our all sure. into it. So right now it's just a lot of collaboration and like getting the word out and featuring everybody. You know, so everybody who wants to participate, we're making sure that we highlight them and feature them, and then whoever That's comes great. knows about them. And you know, we're building this network, and it's really cool because we've got people coming from everywhere now our last arts helium we had like georgia north carolina tennessee um this one we're having like my cousins from new york coming someone from michigan jing invited someone in peru that <laughs> says they're coming you know so it's like really cool we're expanding and a lot of people are going to see kind of like what charleston's up to and like amazing. the local art scene you know that's yeah, amazing we're always like proud to talk about it to other people it's like yeah come to our event you're gonna like it mm -hmm. yeah, it makes us excited yeah and so your next one is on 11 11 11 11 hmm? and what would you so someone someone watching this they're, they're just kind of learning what this is all about yeah. uh, what would you say to them on, on you know why they should come and then how they can participate or um get a ticket or whatever that process is yeah cool so it's on 11 11 it's at lo-fi brewing which is downtown off of meeting street um it's a huge warehouse and brewery so it's lots of space lots of really awesome things that we can do in that space so we have a lot of people participating dj moldy brain he is kind of leading the stage he's going to be doing pretty much him on stage a lot of the time jing will actually be opening and djing for a little bit but then he'll you know hop on and he brings other artists from different local bands like um you can kind of mention who it'll yeah, be so we have uh, dj Jingle Sparkle opening up at 8.30. Then we have Persona La Ave, the 
DJ set as well. And then we have the Moldy Brain Live Jam. We have JR, who is in Magic Dust, is going to be playing some guitar. Adam Coyne, he's going to be playing keys. He plays in uh, Easy Honey and um, other bands in town as well. Paul Huslas is going to be there. He's from Human Resources. I'm going to come up and pop and do some, some of my music as well. Um, and then... Yeah, we're going to have the... Uh, and then Moldy Brain's going to close up with... Uh, with his own DJ set. With his own DJ yeah. set. I am missing one person also from Terra Chrome uh, that I can't remember his name. But what's important and different from about our event is that we are an immersive art experience. We're going to have a lot of lightings decorating the space. We're having art installations, which Aggie is mainly designing those structures, and we're all building them together. And we have live painters, and we have um, aerialists, and um, wow. LED performance. So radiant Ra- per- radiance performing arts are going to be doing an LED live like dancing performance. Mm-hmm. And then we have Off the Limb is going to be doing aerialist, aerialist. Out on a limb. Out on a limb is going to be doing mm-hmm. an aerialist. Like They've got a group well. of aerialists that will be doing bunch of different performances throughout when the music you know kind of stops everyone yeah. will kind of watch their performance it's Aerotrum. not just your regular show night like at a venue it sounds it's it sounds like it's going to be everything. quite an event yeah. Yeah. Is it one, all at a one day event is uh-huh. a weekend event just one, one, one day. night okay. hey everyone i hope you're enjoying the video so far at lively charleston not only do we love talking about all the amazing things there are to see and do in our awesome city but we also love helping our clients buy sell and invest in Charleston real estate. If you would like to learn more about the Charleston real estate market, feel free to give us a call or shoot us an email. We'd be more than happy to help you strategize and create a game plan that will be sure to help you hit your real estate goals. And now back to the video. So we're talking about um, your event coming up, Art Celium. Am I, am I saying it right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's on November 11th. Um, you have quite the collection of artists here. In summary, there's gonna be a lot of music, a lot of immersive experiences going on, like you said. Um, and then it sounds like it's at a brewery, so a lot of beer to drink. <laughs> yes. Fair? Yep. Okay. No liquor. I'm sold. <laughs> one thing that I've I also do like, and this is something that I want to do, that I want to highlight from our production companies, like this is something that I've experienced throughout my my life, just like going through all of these different events and festivals. Like I've worked for with this company, Guayaquil Yerba Mate, and before I worked for Red Bull, and before I worked for like all of the different companies that like exposed me to all of these experiences. And it's just like the idea of the stimulant. And we're so limited by what stimulates our reality. Uh, The easiest thing is just like, yeah, we have a beer and we're stimulated, right? But we have five different senses and, or more. (laughs) Um, And there's so many ways for us to engage with reality. And yeah, we can enhance our reality through substances, but we can also enhance our realities through immersive art or through visuals or through music or through a meaningful conversation. And that's exactly what I think like Artcelium tries to bring together. It's just like within the network that we are building and within this new paradigm that we are trying to create is trying to understand what it is that we have and what it is that we need and what it is that we want in our lives. And it doesn't have to do with like oversaturating our reality, but it's like finding that like beautiful balance of like being present and being there. And like one of the most beautiful things that I enjoy from creating all these experiences is like stepping aside for a second and staying, standing in, on the edge of the event and like observing 
And not only as the person who puts it together, but like when I attend an event and I like, I kind of like step aside, I like kind of like looking at like the different groups of people that are like hovering together. And you have the ones that are orbiting around and then you have the ones that are like dancing and then you have the ones that are chatting and then you have the ones that are uncomfortable. And then, but it's just like such a beautiful way of experiencing reality, right? Like we've, humans have been gathering since the beginning of times and the reasons why we gather have always been very different. We gather to celebrate, but we gather to grief. Sometimes we gather, gather to forget or to remember or to whatever. So yeah, there's or a lot to of- to create. To create, yeah. And mm -hmm. I think this setting in particular, it's very much so to create. Mm -hmm. Beautiful, beautiful. It sounds, uh, I think, I think the, you, you all do a great job of articulating you know, what your what the goal of this is and what you're trying to create. But it to me, it sounds like something that has to be experienced yeah. to, to fully capture it. Absolutely. <laughs> awesome. Um, is it okay with y'all if we go, I'd like to come back a little bit, talk a little bit more about you guys, maybe help people get to know you guys a little bit better, the, the creators of um, Artcelium. Yeah. All right. Um, before we do that, what is, so in addition to Artcelium, what other sorts of, so, so that'll be your, your main event, but New Paradigm Productions, will you be, um, you know, can a company hire you to coordinate their event or, you know, what other services will you offer? That's where we're trying to go. Like, we're try like right now we are exploring the different avenues of like uh, the business that we want to create. Um, I do believe that, yes, I would love to be able to like create an experience for someone else, especially because we have so much uh, to offer in terms of like building realities and creating immersive art and creating and hosting like particularly a vibe and an experience you know like we're great hosts like we're we've all like found ourselves just like kind of being there open and available for um you, go, you can lift it a little bit yeah there you yeah. go um so that's one of the things that we want to do another thing jane can talk a little bit more about um um i wanted to go towards the content creation route because i we found ourselves having really good conversations when we are together. We all come from different backgrounds. We all really like to explore topics about just intricate things, like how to react, how to behave, how to be. Or And also, we're not from here. Well, Steph grew up here, but we all have very different <laughs> um, perspectives when it comes to experiencing America. So... I've, the first time I came here was 19, so it's a lot of cultural shocks in the beginning. So Yeah, yeah I bet. Mm -hmm. I bet. And even with me growing up here, like I grew up in Newark, New Jersey, which has a very Brazilian like enclave. So it's the church I went to was in Portuguese. The restaurants you went to, you had to order in Portuguese. Like everyone was from Brazil or, or Portugal. Um, so I got to see a lot of the duality in that, you know, and I still have those that culture, you know, kind of very much embedded and at home we only spoke Portuguese and so it's it's funny I was able to see a lot of the U.S. and like process a lot of it and now when we talk about it I can bring that you know those processes that I've been through and be like no like this Absolutely. is what it seems like but this is what it is you know and just like kind of like yeah. we all help each other out and help each other understand the life the life that we're living in, the place that we're living in. And so. those different perspectives is just very helpful for us to understand each other and to have a different way of looking at the world and that is very helpful it's, it's very interesting how we all came in different stages of life it's like infant infant college and like work like adulthood. Up, adulthood 
So we all have like, oh, great. Like we're all in different stages of, and I know that with them, I've learned so freaking much from that like culture shock and like, oh, that's what it is that I'm going through right now. Okay, I understand that, <laughs> okay, sure. I could see y'all having some pretty, uh, pretty diverse conversations. Yeah. If, uh, if you, you sat around, especially you throw a topic in the middle and you just dive into it. Uh, I think some pretty good things will probably come from that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, from all yeah. angles too, yeah. And <laughs> also from the, um, from your original concept what you were talking about i imagine that you know almost with your annual event that's almost kind of showcasing your ability yes. it, it's kind of free marketing for and you yes. have tons mm -hmm. of people come in and say can you do this for my company party or for my wedding or whatever the case may be i feel like a lot of great opportunities will come from that mm -hmm. that's what we want to do yeah, yeah. and we've great. been we've been really doing smart. a lot of stage designs too for local bands in town that want to bring another element to you know yeah. so you can go see live music any day of the week but can you go see live music with like giant mushrooms and like LED clouds and, you know, flowers yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff. So um, that's stages. been really fun. Yeah, we built stages in like Royal American and Poor House and Tobin's Market. And we work with like Easy Honey, 87 Nights, Mike Live. It's really yeah. neat. It's really yeah. neat. It's been very fun. It, it, um, it's funny listening to you. There's a, uh, I've been an entrepreneur now for you know, 15 years, but... I typically gravitate towards very simple businesses, businesses that are easy to understand, easy to, you know, um, functionally operate. And but when I think of yours, it it sounds not easy. It's you know, a new to paradigm operate. here. It reminds me of uh, <laughs> almost like I, I think of. Um, uh, I've thought about the the guy who founded Cirque du Soleil and how like incredibly difficult that must have been because of the intricacies of each the scripts and then the specific sets of skills that you need people to have in order to be able to perform in your show and putting together the lights and the music and, and the marketing and all of it. And that this kind of, it, it uh, from my perspective, it has that sort of a vibe where there's a, you're doing really, really cool things that when people experience them, they will remember them, but it, it takes a lot of energy, a lot of effort from you guys to pull this off. That's what our, most of our conversations are like right now going like that's what we're doing is like, okay, so what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, so How can we make money? <laughs> yeah. I come from a finance background. That's my day job. I am a finance manager. Me so too. I too. do finance people. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> so I do think about how we can make our business sustainable. That kind of question too. Right now we are, we only started a year ago and we didn't have really big events so far. This one is probably the biggest one yet. And, that's why I'm, I want to explore the content creation world to see if that can be profitable, like just to support our business. Yep. Mm -hmm. I yep. think ultimately we also all came together the other day and realized we do want to have a space where we can have our events, um, you know, have working spaces, have our artists come and, you know, work in our space and have like a, like a community type of building we were thinking of a, of a house you know just like having all the rooms having a backyard you know like having a garage where you can like build and yeah, you know yeah. just having a really cool space where we can all work together and bring the community together and create really awesome things and just house all of our all of our needs house. and all of our house yeah. all of our yeah. needs. i see what you did there <laughs> no that's really neat okay what is something uh let's let's do a quick little round round what's something neat about you that not many people know <laughs> Jane, okay. you go first. Okay, this is the thing that Steph said she didn't know is that I play badminton kind of professionally. I was trained professionally for it for three years when I was a kid 
It was a very hard training, serious training. I was eight years old. I was running four miles under the sun in noon of summertime and and doing jumping ropes, like also, and um, do a lot of like pulling on a bar and my hand will all break. And it's like very tough training. Um, I I haven't played in a long time because it's kind of hard to find a space to play here. Um, I haven't seen one just right there. Yeah, it's not that popular here. Yeah, you kind of have really. to search for it. And then I need someone that's about the same level to play with me. Otherwise, it won't be fun. So nobody really knows. Um, but that you, Do you think you could beat all three of us at the same time? At the same time? Yeah. Three of us <laughs> on one side and you just, just Maybe not smashing you. us? You look like you're pretty athletic. <laughs> not very coordinated, though. <laughs> that's great. That's, that's so interesting. I've never met somebody who trained and played badminton professionally. Yeah. Super neat. Super neat. All right, Aggie, what's up? Most people don't know about you. I don't think a lot of people here in the U.S. at least know. I studied Reiki for like seven years, and I'm, I'm, I have a mastership in Reiki. I, like, I went through all of the levels, and I got my mastership, and I can initiate other people, and like, I work a lot with energy. and with like, I studied Kabbalah for another five years. I grew up very Catholic. I went to a, like, an Opus Dei school in, like, from like second grade until senior year high school. Uh, and I came out and I was just like, this uh, is beautiful and uh, I need more. <laughs> so I like That's explored, amazing. yeah, I explored all sorts of different types of uh, spirituality and like different practices. And I like, I have a very, very long journey on like, it's my spiritual, like, pra- like lear- learning and like practices and everything. I'll have to connect you. There's a, um, a girl named Grace who worked with us just until recently. And she's, I don't know if it's master is the right, Reiki master. I don't know if that's the right word, terminology, but she teaches Reiki as well. So I'll have to connect you guys yeah, offline. I, I would love to like get immersed in that world again. I feel like I learned it all. And then I was like, okay, that was enough information. Now I'm going to go build fun stuff. Now <laughs> on to the next thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You have, there's one more thing that you have to share here. Yeah. Um, so you were a snowboarding teacher. Yes. In Aspen? I was. So I was a snowboard instructor for two winter seasons in Aspen, Colorado. And I had the opportunity to uh, teach LeBron James's kids how to snowboard for the first time. So I had like little Bronny. And That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, Bronny? You taught Bronny how to snowboard. Little Bronny was with, uh, with my, par- my partner. I was with Bryce. Bryce was seven at a time. He really liked soccer. So we got to like he was very, very, uh, like, very shy and, like, very quiet. And, like, every time I ask him, like, so what do you like? And he was like, so Bronny likes to play basketball. I was like, well, yeah, but what, did, what, what do, do you, you like? like? <laughs> um, and uh, we connected a little bit around soccer. I was like, oh, Messi. And he was like, oh, yeah, blah, blah. So he spent a lot of time, like, on the, in, on the like, ski lifts, How like, funny. gondolas. Yeah, Br- Bronny was hilarious because, like, he, as soon as he snapped his, uh, his uh, snowboard on, he was just like, I want to go to the snow park. And I was just like. Yeah, no. Like we, <laughs> we need to figure out how to do some like J turns first. Uh, but it was like very fun. It was like my my client was Maverick Carter. He was uh, LeBron's uh, best friend and manager. That's wild. And I got to work with him uh, like for I don't know four or five times throughout like the winter seasons that I was there, and it was awesome. I loved Maverick. It was like super fun and to hang out with him and like all the stories that he brought and like all the things that he told me and. Um, when I was uh, teaching him, he had just moved to LA, and I don't know. It was like very. It was a very cool experience. I got to like give him a nice, beautiful like painting from the mountains. So I was like, I just want you to remember your time in Aspen. And oh, that's cool. Like learning. So that's that was cool. very, very fun. Yeah, it was very interesting. And so, how was LeBron on a snowboard? 
Pretty good. I, LeBron couldn't. He he didn't snowboard because I think his contract didn't allow allow him to snowboard at the Fair time. Uh, Maverick was very good. Yeah, his feet were way too big for the snowboard. <laughs> so like he's like pretty much like all of like half like his toes and a little bit more of his feet was like outside the snowboard. So I had to figure out a way to snowboard with him so that he wasn't too much on his toes. And like if we were in like a very steep hill. Like he, like I, it was, it was very challenging, but it was like very fun, you know, because like we figure out a way to like make it work with his body yeah, type. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Keep, you your, keep you on your toes. Yeah. As, a, as an instructor. <laughs> on your heels, yeah. I thought that was a cool story. Yeah, it was really fun. All right, Steph, how about you? What's something not many people know about? Um, not sure about that question. I was just like, what did I even say? But uh, I think that something that not a lot of people know, but some people might, is that I've traveled <clears throat> most of the country in a van with my dog. Um, so I did oh, the wow. whole van life thing, got a sprinter out in California, had my friend build it out, had a beautiful bed in the back with a shower and a kitchen and all that fun stuff. And um, at the same time, I had gotten my dog, Sam, and we just drove around the country. He's seen like 30 or so states. We haven't done, he hasn't we haven't done the Pacific Northwest yet, but we've seen a lot of the world and we love to travel and camp and, you know, see, see it all. I've always wanted to, I've always known that I like to travel, um, but being an immigrant, I didn't have my green card until I was like 21. And, you know, t up until that time, I was like, I guess I'll just see the U.S., you know, I'll stick yeah, around here, yeah, see what yeah. I can see, and then I'll venture forward. So made it a point, did all that, and it was really awesome. Learned a lot. How cool. It sounds like a fun chapter yeah. in your life. Yeah, it was a really nice, That's awesome. nice chapter. All right, y'all. If someone wants to uh, learn more about you, learn more about New Paradigm Productions and Artcelium, did I say it right? Artcelium. Yeah, you're killing it. If they want to learn more about any of those, where, uh, where should they go? Um, they can follow us on Instagram um, for sure. We are pretty active on there. Um, also, our website is newparadigmproductions.org. So you can check us out there. There's um, a contact page that you can kind of like leave us a message. Um, tickets for Artsilium are also on sale on that website. There's like a little Artsilium tab. It'll tell you everything that we've got going on, who's participating. Um, we also have like food vendors and local artisan vendors and things like that too that are going to be really awesome. You can get all that information there. Um, but yeah, pretty much soon we might have a YouTube channel and kind of dive into all that. Okay, okay. Um, but until then, probably on our website or Instagram or Facebook. You can also contact us directly. I'm like pretty active on Instagram. I'm a musician as well and a graphic designer and illustrator. So it's like at Aggie.Flores. Um, like I'm also super happy to like support anyone who needs any of that. And like with New Paradigm, like we have a lot of people like kind of like contacting each other personally. And Ojing also has her own like network of people and Steph has her own network of people. So either through at New Paradigm Prod on Instagram or individually each one of us has our own like um gotcha yeah. okay maybe they can start there at New Paradigm and then probably find yeah. each of you there and then maybe explore from there yeah, yeah. Exactly. all right fantastic okay uh last couple questions here if you could go back in time to um let's just say to your younger self um, we can go a little bit further back from when you started the business. So that's about a year old or so. But let's just say if you can go back in time, give you know little you a piece of advice. What would you say? Trust the process is mine. I used to like 
have that written on my ceiling above my bed and I'd go to sleep every night and see that and be like, it's, it's part of the process, you know, life has ups and downs. So whenever things are tough, just be like, all right, this is, we're down now. There's going to be an up, you know, it's okay. And then when you're up, you know, it's awesome. Soak it in because you know there's going to be a down. So it's all part of the process. And as long as you're like doing the right things every day and working towards that goal, you just have to trust it at some point, you know. Yeah. You're only so much in control, so. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love it. Um, I would say you actually can do whatever you want. <laughs> so I also was al always interested in art, and I wanted to take art as my, as my major, and also my parents didn't allow me, and that's pretty normal in China. You just listen to whatever your parents tell you. That's why I took accounting. <laughs> um, if you watch YouTube channels, a lot of um, um, spiritual awakening girls that talks about um, trust yourself, they are accounting majors. Former like accountants, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a trend there. <laughs> yes. So that's why I always find myself surrounded by artists, and I always like to write, and then I'm, I'm a DJ now. Um, so I wish I started going that route just earlier instead of doing what I don't actually feel passionate about. Yeah, yeah. It's great advice. But I like finance. Just want to clear. <laughs> well, that'll pay off too. Yes, so. mm -hmm. I figured a way out to transition from accounting to something that I am interested in, and that's finance. Hundred percent. Well, especially in uh, one of one of the things that it tends to be. Uh, one of you mentioned the starving artist um, syndrome. What would you call that? Um, sure. Yeah. That seems to happen a lot, right? And but I think a lot of it is that actually happens in in a lot of different industries, but especially in th something creative because the the um, the money, like you said, creating a sustaining business, a self-sustaining business, that's not easy to do. And um, even if you're great at your craft, that whole, that other component, it does also need to be figured out mm -hmm. in order to be able to make a career out of it. Yeah, that's where I see myself fit in in, in this in our company. It's like help to make the make our ship ship like sail far for sure, not just for sure. one time. Yeah, yeah, that's big time. All right, Aggie, how about you? Oof, I was waiting. I was like, you guys go first. Um, I would go back and like tell myself that you don't need all the answers. Um, that's something that someone told me not that long ago and it was, it was just very good. Like, you don't need all the answers. Um, and just listen to yourself. Like, take the time to sit down and actually listen to your body and what you need first. Great advice. Yeah. Great advice. Okay, one more. If somebody is listening to this and they see you three ladies have come together, um, you've taken a big risk, right? Like you said, you're in the beginning stages of the business. Financially, this is when it's the hardest. It just This is kind of the, the grind stage, even though you're doing what you love. Thankfully, you're doing what you love. Otherwise, it'd be brutal, right? <laughs> um, but someone's, they see what you're doing. They're inspired. Maybe they want to take a risk themselves. What would you say to them? Join us. <laughs> Hop in. <laughs> um, don't quit your main job. That was, one that was what I said. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't quit your day job just yet. Uh -huh. I remember you, you said that. Okay. Do you yeah. mean just, uh, you know, so you're not broke or get good at what you're doing before you yeah, both. jump all in? I think um, chasing your dreams are import is important, but you also have to be res responsible for yourself as an adult. You have to be able to support yourself. That's the bottom line. So if you have a day job that that's doing that, don't quit it yet. 
Gotcha. Okay. That's great advice. So you don't necessarily mean like when I'm singing in the car, my girlfriend's like, don't quit your day job. Not so much of that. Just, no. just make sure you have some money to live. Re, 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 burp, like, reframe that idea of the day job instead of it being like, oh, my God, I hate my job and this is what I'm doing. It's like, no, this is what allows me to be able to spend, like have the money and the availability to then like grow what I want to grow. Yep. It's just like reframing and that sense of like the resource like for me it would be that it's just like i would say um be aware of your resources and that's your talents your time your responsibilities your awareness and also dream like find that middle balance between dreaming big and dreaming like reality you know like dream like uh i think it's more about one step at a time. One step at a time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you, you never know what that step's going to lead you to. Um, and we were talking mm-hmm. a lot about, like, listening to what other need, people need. It's like, maybe I, I want to offer this, but if you're not listening to everyone around you and, like, what your community need, needs, you might get too obsessed with, uh, like, the main, the first thing. I remember in college, in university, someone says, said, like, don't marry your ideas. Mm-hmm. Like, or don't sell to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you know, marketing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just like allow, yeah. allow your dreams and your passion to have some sort of flexibility so that the, it, could, it can unfold and develop in a way that serves not only you, but everyone around you. And pay attention to the planet, please. Like, whatever you do, like, if you start a business, please don't buy styrofoam. <laughs> just Stay like away from styrofoam. You're just like figure out, like let's figure out a way so that we can be more sustainable with the planet. And we are like, like that's one of the biggest things that we all of the art that we make is like mostly repurposed and like trying to like. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's yeah. Great. Just try to like just let's minimize our impact in the planet, please. <laughs> that's so bad. I love it. All right, Steph, do you wanna you wanna bring us full circle here? What piece of advice would you give to someone that's maybe inspired by y'all? Um, find some friends that are also feeling that way and try to make something work with them because I would have never been able to do this by myself. And I've felt this way for a long time where I like wanted to do something that was like different and that mattered and that I was really passionate about. And I've never actually had a job that I was like, wow, like, you know, this is who I am. You know, I've always had jobs that got me to where I, to where I could pay for an experience that would make me feel that way, you know, whether that be a music festival or, you know, through art. But um, I met Aggie. She was like, I've been praying for you. (laughs) And like, (laughs) that's like, I've held on to that because I'm like, in a way, I was definitely like praying for you, like manifesting you in a way, you know, like waiting for the perfect people to find that with. So I think just being open and talking to people and seeing who else is in your boat and then being like, hey, want to do something? That's really all it takes. That's great advice. I will, I will second that for sure. <laughs> the power of when you bring uh, passionate people together that have complementary skill sets and all want to go in the same direction, uh, is, it's extremely powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it definitely seems like uh, that is something that, y'all, that the three of you have. So I'm super excited to see where this goes and what y'all are up to. And, um, but I guess the next domino, the first step is to come to Artsilium on November 11th yes. and uh, experience it 
for myself and anybody watching November 11th Artsilium. Yeah, it's our birthday party. First birthday. birthday. Oh, that's <laughs> the birthday of your business. Yep. Mm-hmm. Love it. <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, thank you all so much for coming to hang out with us. We really appreciate it. And uh, looking forward to seeing what you guys are up to over the next several years here in Charleston. Yeah, thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you for having us. <laughs>